Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to Series 2 of The Dad Podcast. This is the first episode in Series 2. Thank you all for listening and giving us your feedback on Series 1. We have producer Ollie in the house. And today we're joined by the viral, and not in a way like you need to go to the clinic, or maybe it is. Maybe. The viral James Smith PT. Ollie, mate, you're supposed to be hype, man. Come on, hype him up. Mate, welcome. How's the uh, how's the jet lag? Yeah, good. I'm I'm pushing through. I'm doing all right. As once you get past your first week, that's it. But what I can't stand is the people that tell you to push through. It's like you're not jet lagged. Don't give me advice on my own jet lag. If I want to take a nap, I take a nap. Something I feel strongly on. Mate, so I get I get this all the time. So I'm I'm very much a morning person, and my wife is very much a night owl. So like it gets to 9.30 and I said, I'll say like, babe, I'm tired, I'm gonna go to bed. And she's like, yeah, but I'm not tired. I was like, so that's why you don't need to go to bed. I am so <laughs> Sounds like a her problem to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know when someone, you're like, oh, I'm gonna make it to bed and someone comes in with, so what do you think about, and you're like, hold on, it's half nine. Don't be asking me a question like this at half nine. This is a seven o'clock question. Yeah, this yeah. is at latest, or let's talk about this first thing in the morning over a coffee. Yeah. Don't put this on me before bed. I'm a morning person as well and I have no, no sympathy for those that like a late evening. Do you do you reckon it's um, do you reckon it's a PT thing that most people that have started like their careers and their their journeys as PTs are almost automatically morning people? It could be um, Matthew Walker. Have you read his book? Why we Is sleep? This, yeah, where he talks Sleep's about the tribes. Like no, you would never want everyone to sleep at the same time, but I think it probably does stem from that. But I love how sanctimonious you become as an early riser. Someone's like, oh, I've just woken up. You're like. Pfft been at the gym, done two clients, cooked breakfast, done a food shop, and done a post, and you've just woken up, you piece of shit. Grenade Jay's all about this, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah, like, yeah. he's like, I'll get like a WhatsApp. It's seven o'clock, and this is the things I've done. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've woken up and brushed my teeth. Thanks yeah. for coming. Or sat on, big one for me at the moment is uh, just sitting on the sofa naked, having a coffee. Yeah. Just sitting there, free balling. Just like, what's, what am I gonna do today? Leather sofa? Uh, nah, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> Um, okay, so I'm gonna go to my crib sheet and something I like to do with all of my guests, and it's probably um, it's probably the most awkward I see them throughout the entire podcast. If I'm gonna ask you to introduce yourself, how would you introduce yourself to someone you didn't know or who didn't know you? As a professional or as a person? Or either or. Well, I often say like my missus's dad. So say like you came to a dinner party and my missus' dad was there and he was like, hi James, what do you do? Um, what's his name? Humphrey. <laughs> what a fucking name That's it's, my son, it's my son's middle name as well like and ready Humphrey I am the fitness industry's least fitnessy person like uh, I'm when I look at the fitness industry Humphrey what I see is a lot of people that aren't quite wired right <laughs> they really enjoy lean meats and broccoli almost as much as their reflection no offence uh, <laughs> and um, the issue that we have in place is because a lot of these people look good, naturally, intuitively, habitually, they actually serve quite a poor purpose a lot of the time because they have nothing relatable with the people that need their help. Luckily for me, I'm a massive fat person that actually kind of grasped, if I train, say no to myself occasionally, and walk up escalators, you can get the best of both. And that's my position in the industry. So I'm not a fitness person, if anything, I'm stood with all the other PTs going, look at these knobs. Yeah. And that's how I've got to where I'm at now. Okay, so you touched on it briefly. So how did you how did you start as a PT? So what's kind of your journey to get there? 
So I was thinking, how's the best way to evade tax? That's a legit thing. IRS do not look into James Smith Academy. HMRC SOS. Um, no, I am. Um, I used to work in uh, corporate, worked in recruitment for a while, and I had like a little midlife crisis. So I had three of them, all of them fantastic, each their own. And I went to Asia. You know, we do your backpacking thing, Southeast Asia. I was like, life is good off fifteen quid a day. And when I came back, it was the first time I thought, why don't instead of me trying to pick the job that pays the best, why don't I pick a job that I'd enjoy to do? And I was, you know, you go through that fitness keno. BCAAs, you know, the lot, Tupperware. Love it. Or, yeah, like, you know when you're in the real peak it's part of, of my it. life, it's boring. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I was peaking. And this was like, I'm getting my life back on track. I'm going to get shredded. And um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to become a coach. And the way I saw it was, if it didn't work out in the first six months, I'd know about it. And I'd just go back into doing a boring professional job. Um, and started coaching. And probably a lot of the skills that I learned from being in the corporate world mixed with my passion for getting myself in shape. I was a fat kid. I wasn't like obese, but I had no fucking clue what I was doing. Even when I went to uni, I was living off sausage rolls. No one, no one ever, no one ever stopped me in my tracks and said, "Mate, sausage rolls on." Yeah, like there was no. And Mate, I, also, that is also uni. When I was playing rugby at uni, yeah. my staple lunch was a. <laughs> I'd go to Tesco's and buy a Tesco's value lasagna for two, whack it in the microwave, and then use a loaf of bread as the cutlery. So oh, I would like scoop fantastic. it up. Yeah, but when you when you're 19 and playing rugby right yeah me i didn't know the oven worked so i'd get a tray of flapjacks and that'd be it <laughs> and, I, and like there was ever, there was never any real like consideration one thing that i do kind of look back on strangely is that when i was at university how old are you 36 oh, sorry 26 oh yeah there's you you're testified to this as well there was never the body image issues that we have now oh no no one at uni it was about playing sport playing rugby you were first team or second team no you were yeah. first team or not first team you were either out on a Wednesday night or you weren't out. The physique thing was one of the last conversations you'd ever have. Mate, no one, well, A, Instagram didn't exist. Facebook barely existed. Yep. And this whole physique sport didn't exist. And Did it, exist. It, was a, it was a funner time where you could like let, let your hair down and have more time. But yeah, so I, I went through that and I, was, I actually had a chip on my shoulder in my early 20s because I'd tried most of these fucking fads. The BCAs tried it, insanity workout tried it, like everything that you could think about. I was, I was doing it, and I was like, "Why is nothing changing?" Mostly because I opened the little pamphlet you get with insanity. I was like, "Fuck that! I'm just gonna do the training." Yeah, yeah. I was doing it like twice a day, but it's two for Tuesdays at Domino's. Never occurred to me. <laughs> never occurred to me. It was it, any weight I was carrying. I was like, "This is obviously a training issue." Yeah. Um, so I felt like not that I've been. Well, I suppose I felt like I've been lied to, misled. And I was putting all this money out and I wasn't getting in any better shape. And then as a coach, got into the industry and was like, I identified all these people that had been in the same shoes that I'd been. I was like, come here, let me save you four years. Yeah. So that was it. And then you thought, so you, you ended up wanting to, so you obviously found a way to not be a fat kid. Yeah. Gave you a bit of confidence. Yeah. And it sounds quite crass to say it, but you end up slamming hot chicks. Yeah. And I felt motivated. You know, I was there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, they're like, what's it like? I was like, I feel better. I'm yeah. playing better at rugby. Yeah. And my girlfriends are getting hotter and hotter. Yeah. I'm like trading them in like a new phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? The new, you're there at the bar. You're like, oh, this girl's talking to me. You're like, oh, time for an upgrade. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just joking, apart from the upgrade. <laughs> um, and so, and then you thought, this feeling for me is amazing. I want to share this with people. And if I can make a living doing it at the same time, 
Yeah, and it's it actually goes on a lot more than physique. And for me, self-esteem, confidence, even things like self-worth, yep. they, they all increase in whatever profession you're in, whether it's being a coach or whether it's being a professional, the ability to, you know, take your jacket off in a meeting, wearing yeah. a suit, you know, um, having confidence. And again, men, I'm not discrediting anything with women, but there's big body confidence issues with men at the moment. Oh, huge. And um, yeah, for me, it was like, helping other people understand that they don't have to make huge changes to their life you don't have to flip everything upside down you don't have to do fucking insanity and you can feel better perform better but not only that feel better in yourself as well yeah um and so where did where, so where are you from originally in the uk so windsor between windsor and ascot so like okay legoland yeah, 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 that's always a good little point. <laughs> Everyone like, knows where Lego. You got is. a kid, you know? Like, they're like, "Ask what? No, oh, is it the races? Windsor, where the Queen lives, Legoland." They're like, "I know it." Yeah. Um. So near there, uh, went to secondary school in Surrey, which is a bit out the way. Um. Yeah. So grew up in Berkshire. And then so you're a PT in Berkshire, and then you went to Australia. Yeah. So um, I did about three years in Bracknell. Okay. I was in a budget gym, twenty pounds a month, in the middle of. An industrial park. Great for PT. It was amazing. Was it? Car park. Yeah. yeah. Free parking. Um, quite a spacious gym. And no one can really argue with £5 a week for a gym membership. Yeah. You know, and there was no contracts there or whatever. So, uh, well, actually, I might have had a car. I can't remember. But uh, for me, it was perfect. Cause it was within 10 minutes of my home. And there's something brilliant about when you start a business, being able to go home and come back twice in a day. Mate, 100%. Because when I was in Sydney, the gym was in the CBD. I lived in Bondi. If I had four hours spare, I was sitting in the middle of a city. It was shit. This, whenever I had a gap of two hours, I was like, I can get a nap in. I'll be home in 15 minutes. I bought a faster car so I could get home and sleep. <laughs> so I'm in a Golf GTI, like, zooming home so I can sleep more and coming back to work. Um, and then you moved to Australia and what gym did you go into? Um, yeah, so when I was in um, Bracknell, I was, I got to a point where I was the highest paid PT and I was charging about £65 an hour, which for London was... In Bracknell? Yeah, in Bracknell. So I decided to commoditize my hours to 30. I was like, I'm not doing any more. Yeah. Then I decided I didn't want to work after... Um, I didn't want to work after 2 p.m. And then I was starting to attend like business seminars and like learning bits and bobs about that. And I said to myself, every time I get to 30 hours and put my rates up by mm -hmm. £5, yeah. it's the most awkward conversations. I come in, I'm like, I'm sorry, I've done it again. They'd be like, not another £5, James. <laughs> I'm like, I'm really sorry, but I've just got to keep following the... Mate, do you know what? This is, we, we tell all the, all the trainers at City Athletic the exact same thing. And you never lose anyone. No. They're like, oh, it's £10 a week to them, you know, if they're training twice. And then um, it got to a point where I was paying, my, my monthly rent was £360. Stop it. So I'd make it on the first day of work yeah, of the yeah. month. And I was living at home with my mum and dad. Mate, that's outrageous. Yeah, it was pretty outrageous. I remember um, I went to Apple to get a new iPhone and I shaved 30 grand off my salary when I had to tell them. <laughs> they were like, I was financing it. I was like, I'm not paying it all in one go. And they were like, what's your salary? I was like, I'm, they were like what's your profession? I was like, PT. They were like, what's your salary? I was like, uh, 25 shaved. grand. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I, I, a lot of people will probably assume that any financial kind of success has come through followers but i was doing very well before yeah i had about 1500 followers on facebook at this point and i was still using facebook because in bracknell there's not a lot of competition as right. there is in london um and doing a paid advert in bracknell there's not many hits people. everyone yeah seven quid hits the entire population yeah. of bracknell yeah um and so yeah that was going on there but the, the worst thing was I, I was just bored i was just yeah. bored there and 
Um, I actually went to Croatia, went to festival, met some Australians who are in the fitness industry, and then I met a guy at the waterfalls in Split, I can't remember what they're called, got a weird name, and I sat next to him on a minibus, it's the weirdest story ever, and he was working whilst being abroad. I was like, how can you work and be abroad? He was like, I've got an online business. I was like, but how can you have an online business? And he told me to read the four hour work week. I was Tim Ferriss? Yeah, I was gone six weeks later. Really? And everyone thought I was having a midlife crisis. My best friend, when I became a PT, sat with me and he goes, don't do it. I said, why? He goes, everyone's a fucking PT and there's no money in it. Yeah. And the second time he sat with me, he went, don't go to Australia. I said, why? He goes, because I was wrong about the first thing I said and <laughs> you've actually got a really good PT business. He was like, if you go to Australia, you're giving it all up. And I said to him, worst case scenario, I'll just come back and move back in my parents. Yeah. Work in the same gym. And pick up, pick up and pick where up, you left off. Yeah, and if I pick up half my clients at half the rates, so I'll still be all right. Um, and then I, I always built an email list. It's like the best weapon that so many people overlook is an email marketing list. So when I went to Oz, I was like, anyone fancy online PT? Five people, bit straight away, 50 pounds a week. Done. And I was like, must pay for my hostels. And that's where it kind of started. But all I wanted to do was get into Australia and do face-to-face. I love face-to-face. I love bantering with my clients. Wait, this was going to be my next question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, I'm not an online trainer in the slightest, but we have guys that, that, that work with me that are. When you were saying about your mate who you sat next to on a minibus in a waterfall and split, and he was there on his laptop working, would you? what would you rather have? Would you rather have... Turn up, do your six till two every day, face to face, get a proper impact with the people for that hour. You only see one person an hour, but have a proper impact. And then then see you see you in three days time. And then at two o'clock, switch off. Or would you rather have that ability to work around the clock, never really have that face to face impact that you can have doing one on one, but hit a much wider pe- much wider population? I prefer the latter. And in a selfish way, it's because of the amount of self-development I can do. Right. So during the day, whenever I want to read, I can read. Yep. Whenever I want to listen to an audiobook, I can. If I want to go for a swim, I can. And it's so much, my mental health has never suffered, but it's better now okay. because everything is on my terms. My emails, my uh, work schedule, whether or not I want to work towards the evening, towards yeah, the yeah. morning. When things are locked in, you're like, you can't, it's the night before you're thinking, fuck, I'd really like to lay in tomorrow, but you can't because things are locked in. Yeah. Now, I do miss being in their lives and I do miss the physical aspect and uh, that's all I wanted to go back into. But with online, I suddenly realized that this sounds really fucked. I was doing a better job online than I was face-to-face okay. because I was attentive out of those hours. Yeah. And when someone was paying me, even paying me well, like I wouldn't check in with them between sessions. Even you think a client see me three times a week is paying a lot of money to be yeah. with me. And I still wouldn't check in with them on a Tuesday and a Thursday. You know, you're yeah. talking hundreds of pounds a week because I was seeing them so frequently. But what if that was the day they were struggling? What if it was the weekend they let go? When I moved to an online capacity, very simply, don't give too many secrets away for free. But <laughs> whenever anyone signed up, I would change their name and my contacts and put online PT at the end so that every day I'd go to my WhatsApp for desktop and I'd message every single person with that at the end of it. No matter what, how's your yeah, dog yeah. that went to the vets? How's this? How's that? Whatever. Across the weekend. What are you up to tonight? Oh, I'm going out. And I even something like, remember Slimline Tonics? You know, yeah, something yeah, yeah. like that. And that to me was something quite powerful. And I realized that my clients were doing better when I wasn't spending time with them, which led to me to feel a bit like a fucking fraud because- not. I can also see why that would happen as in we have it, we have it the same at City as a lot of the guys that 
see you three times a week get worse results than the ones that see you once. Yeah. Because the ones that see you once come to you to top up their expertise, as in to get their programming, to check, get their form checked, but then they're happy to go and slog the trenches by themselves because yeah. they're motivated. It's the guys that see you three, time, three, four times a week that necessarily are using you a bit like a crutch. They're like, I'll give you 250 pounds, sort all my problems yeah. out. Like, and then you're like, oh, well, I'm paying. Shazam, make it go away. I'm paying so much, why, yeah. you know, they fall back on that. But I'm seeing you three times a week, just like, just like me doing the insanity. Yeah. I thought it was a training problem. Let me invest and do the training, everything else will come together. But then nothing comes together. So um, from that respect, yeah, moving online was something I did begrudgingly. And then I couldn't wait to get back into face-to-face. -face. Then I started doing it in Sydney and I fucking hated it. What, the face-to-face? -face? Yeah, I went to Fitness First. In Bondi Junction? George Street. Okay. I went into CBD, my thought was- Cash. Yeah, a lot of cash there. I went into a gym with no natural light. Oh God. Now this is a big issue. Uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to tag my videos that I just started doing. I had maybe 5,000 followers on Facebook at this point. I was like, I'm gonna tag them in the gym. So when I walk in, someone's gonna go, there's the guy that told me that white potatoes are just as good as sweet potatoes. <laughs> you know, and they'll go, I'm gonna go up to him and book a PT session. Little did I know that there was 32 personal trainers in that gym, all in their spare time going, who the fuck is this guy? Really? So when I went in, I was public enemy number one. I shook hands with five people on my first day. My first whole day as a PT. Yeah. And I had to almost go in front of them and be like, hey mate, I'm the new PT. And they wouldn't even look at me as I shook my hand. They would be like, right. Um, and then someone tried to fight me on my first day in the staff room for chatting to his clients. Is this why you took up BJJ? Uh, nah, 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 not, well maybe. You'd have decked them bit. anyway, right? That was more for body power. <laughs> but um uh yeah it was it was just shit like i'm on my first day at work but do, do you think that do you think that's a really sad reflection of a lot of the mindset of pts insecure yeah tall poppy syndrome yeah and i've said this before pt you got two types of personal trainers the insecure and the fucking liars yeah the reason we get into our profession is because we are insecure and we deal with it yeah well we do our best to deal with it and we do that through efforts into training and our nutrition and then we like to alleviate so many of our insecurities that we have a better quality of life. And then we dress it up as something called fitness and we do it to other people. We're like, yeah. hey, let's alleviate your insecurities to make your life as good as mine. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, you know, but for s some other people, they skew that into a narcissistic playground yeah. where instead of dealing with their insecurities, they, they, they venture off onto another tangent. But the guy in question, he was like, you speak to any of my clients again, I'm gonna take your fucking head off. This is 1 p.m. on my first day. I was like, mate, how am I supposed to know who your clients are? Yeah. It's my first day. So are, straight, they, are they branded? Yeah, exactly. Straight off the bat, I was like, this is fun. $400 a week, brilliant. Yeah. Other side of the world, brilliant. Skint, brilliant. Um, all that money that I was earning for PT, I didn't save any of it. Right. Just spent it all on the piss. I had a great time. Yeah. But that was then poor in a job I didn't really like. And it took me to the point of, no, I would sit at home and, my PT manager would be like, where are you? And I'd be like, oh, I'm ill. I wasn't ill. I was just at home, I just didn't want to go to work. Just didn't want to do it. So then I was like, do you know what, fuck it. I'm gonna get a tripod and have a lot of coffee and we're gonna start start this online thing. Okay, mate, have you read my notes? No, this, no, is no, a, no. this is a, uh, so this, you know, very conveniently segues into my next question. So if you look at a lot of your short format content, so like your Instagram videos, your, almost like your, your clickbaity stuff, um, and then you compare it to some of your longer format stuff like your podcasts. Um, 
almost completely different in tone. Was this an intentional, was this an, did you create a persona? Did you create a character that is IG James Smith PT? And it, do you know what I mean? And it, and it doesn't quite hit the spot. Do you know what I mean? Is it, is it like a U 3.0? Because so, yes. Do you, know, do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, one thing that a lot of people missed was Facebook was my dominant platform up until two weeks ago. Right. No one realized that uh, my Facebook hit 100K nearly two years before my Insta did. Right. Uh, then we saw an algorithm change about a yeah. year and a half ago that completely fucked me. On um, Facebook? Yeah, so I was getting nearly right. 2,000 people watching a live when I had 100,000 followers. So 2% watching a live for 40 minutes is good stats. Yeah, really good. And then my call to action at the end of that, everyone's like, how's this guy got so many clients? It was all Facebook. Yeah. Now, everyone said you can't do Facebook videos longer than two minutes or you won't keep people's yeah. attention. I was on the regular getting over 100,000 views on videos that were seven, eight minutes long. Yeah. I did a video that was 12 minutes and got 5 million hits on Facebook. Like, wow. So Facebook was dominating and then I got shunted. My Facebook was on like 150, 160. My Insta was on maybe 50. Yeah. Algorithms changed and my algorithms literally, because brands were then forced over to Instagram. Family, Facebook became like a family friends facebook like a, like a proper social network right in a like, bit, like, like, like it was almost like it was designed to be it was in yeah. a bid to save it so that you know your cousin's wedding or remembering someone's birthday that's facebook yeah. instagram's where the pts go it's where your brands influences whatever unfortunately i've been putting all my eggs in the facebook basket this happened the same week that i broke up with my girlfriend whose visa i was on yeah but then i didn't want to come back to the uk so i moved to bali which was a really shitty fucking time difference yeah uh, which meant that I could only post once a day and the internet over there was pretty shit. But either way, I was like, I've got to adapt. I've got to, you know, I can't just sit here and moan and go, oh, but Facebook, I tried so hard, you know? Mate, and I just cut mine loose. I've got a million followers on Facebook. Well, you just stopped using it. I stopped using it. Because there was a time when I had 900,000, I was getting 100,000 views on a video. I was getting 30,000 likes on a photo. Just whatever I posted, I post on it every day, legit, overnight. I get 300 likes on a photo on a good day. So this is what, you're not gonna like this. Afterwards, <laughs> I'm gonna show you my Google Analytics. Yeah. Still the majority of my business comes through Facebook. But then again, I'm not an online coach. I'm not an online trainer. It doesn't matter what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed that you can double tap on Instagram? On Facebook, do you even know where the button is to press like? No. Exactly. People on Instagram. It's a thumb up, it's a thumbs up, right? Yeah, but it's in the bottom left and it's not where intuitively your thumb wants to go. Right. It's almost like, you know, you know when you type lol, it's just natural. Your no, thumb's there what's, already. What's lol? Laugh out loud. You know, like, Not lots of love. You know, no, no. oh, awkward. <laughs> but like, um, I'm in the big prep, lol. In, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Instagram is this place where you're like, oh, that's good, double tap. Yeah. Facebook doesn't have that and the demographics that run it, you know, they're 30, 40, whatever. Yeah. Um, I find that Facebook's still the better buyers the better people that are gonna buy into you, the better people that are gonna become long-term customers, but your gratification got axed more than anything. Right. But people are still seeing the content there. So then I had to migrate from three minutes, my perfect amount of time, and I've started doing this more on Instagram TV, yeah. where I feel like I'm being myself a lot more. But when I was given a minute, I had to be more punchy. And because all brands had gone to Instagram, I'm in a bigger crowded room fighting for attention more than ever. I did have to turn it up. I did have to be yeah. crass. I did have to call people a cunt. You know, <laughs> And it was my only way to break through. Yeah. Everyone else was hundreds of thousands of followers ahead of me with blue ticks and yeah. I was left behind. 
Um, I was a late adapter to Instagram. I've had my page less than three years. Right. So, you know, suddenly I was playing catch up with the rest of the industry. I did have to hit it at that kind of angle. Then the podcast. So, so, it, so it was a, it was a strategized, I would, being viral, being polarizing gets traction. People are either going to love yeah. it or they're going to hate it. And this is going to, this is going to make me grow. Yeah. And so you kind of you kind of saw that. Essentially, yeah, I was yeah. like, if everyone likes my message, I'm not being honest. Yeah. Because if you took me to a family barbecue, and I heard someone talking about you know tennis, yeah, I'd go it's shit. They go, excuse <laughs> me, I go it's fucking shit. I was like, oh, you know, all this stuff. I'm watching it. I'm like, this is not great, you know. And there's some like few people there that go, James, but we really like tennis. I'm like, cool. Well, let's not talk at the barbecue. About someone tennis. else will go. Do you know what, James? I fucking hate tennis too. I'm like, let's go get a beer. Yeah. And let's talk about something else that's not tennis. But if I just sat there and gone, yeah, it's good, isn't it? You know, I would have been PG. I would have been vanilla. Humphrey would have been, you know, he would have, that was the name? My, yeah, my, my father-in-law. Your father-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd be like, oh, seems like a nice chap. But instead he goes, oh, the lad you invited, they hated tennis. I remember him. You know what I mean? So, Mate, 100%. So um, that was always intentional. And the people I managed to piss off were keto zealots, vegans, wet lettuces and people that I just don't want to do business with. Yeah. And I was like, James, I'm unsubscribing from your list. I'm like, fuck off, you're boring. You, you're not a good client and yeah. you're just going to moan and moan and moan. So it was almost, I called it in the marketing email. Do you mind swearing on this much? No, I've got an E. Of course. I've got an E next to my thing. So my marketing email yesterday was talking about the cunt sieve. I shake yeah. it all the time and basically I'll banter someone, I shake the sieve in their face and if they fall through it, brilliant, you yeah. know? So, you know, try and offend someone. Let's go after someone. If I can get- Get, get a reaction, right? If people because unfollow react, me, yeah. I'm just getting you out of the funnel. You're, you're dead. You know, like, um, you know, sometimes if you're a little bit younger, yeah. you're like, you text the bird, you're like, fancy a ride. She's like, excuse me. You're like, oh, I'm only joking. If she takes that personally, you know, she was never going to put out. She delete, wants 10 days. Number. Yeah, get rid. Whereas another one goes, all right, but buy me a drink first. You're like, what are you doing later? <laughs> you know? So the, the funnels that exist yeah, in all yeah. that. The well, sieve. The, the sieve, sieve in the, the mouth. Yeah. yeah. Um, so with that in mind, you know, it was always an idea to do that. And I've managed podcasting was something I never thought I'd be able to do well at. Yeah. But then I've, I've realized it's almost like therapy. You, you have time to talk about your thoughts, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but my usual funnel was any social media content would take me to email marketing, but they would already see the second side of me in email marketing. Yes. They the, would, the more, the longer format, longer more format, thought out. Relaxed. Yeah. And even... Um, it sounds really big headed to say it. They would see I was a bit more well educated and that I had a bit more of an agenda. They go, Oh, actually, it was his loud, crass mouth that got me in here, but now I'm here and he's speaking to me one on one because the reason I love emails is if some if you're on a date and a chick pisses off to have a piss, you check your phone, check your Insta, but what I wouldn't do is start reading an email. Yeah. And I get people's full attention if they're having a poo or not, I don't mind. <laughs> and in that moment I can now communicate with my prospects irregardless of whoever else is in the room because they've got my email. So then that was the way I'd have the long format. The podcast kind of mimics that now. Yeah. I, and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass, but as in, I, I know I've told you before, like I, I listen to a few podcasts and a lot of a lot of my mates have podcasts and, you, and yours is the only one that I've actually listened to every episode. Thank you. Um, what do you think it is about that longer format sort of where, where you can feel slightly more relaxed? Is it the... Is it the, the, the lack of time pressure? Is it is it the, because you do all yours, there's, there's been a few, I think you've done a few, which is like you have a guest. Yeah. But is it just that, is it you in a room in, in Sydney by yourself and you can just talk? Yeah. Talk? 
Um, I recorded one earlier today and I just said to everyone, I was like, can you just leave the room? Just leave me. Yeah. Just me on my own. Talk. I have like a few words. Whenever I do talks or presentations, I don't have any notes. I just have words. Yeah. A bit like a comedian. He'll link the words together for the kind of plays like that. But, um, but you're not very funny. Like, is that? Oh, mate. Oi. <laughs> um, I like, uh, as long as I have that format, I can talk to you. But essentially, I can be a lot more relaxed because they've bought in. Yeah. They've committed to the podcast, so I've just not got to lose them. Yeah. A bit like a fiction book. Once they've started, your only objective then is to get them to keep reading. You've done the hardest part. Um, so with that, and, and again, I don't know why all my analogies go back to dating. Pressure's on at the bar. Yeah. But once you've taken her to a little table and you're just one-on-one, then Game you over. can start laying the seeds. Game over. Yeah. She's on luck, though. Yeah. Oh, you said single. My bad. Got your double. You know? <laughs> just joking. <laughs> um, so if if you're going to give one bit of advice, and this is for the clickbait bit on Instagram where we're going to cut it to like 35, 40 seconds and just post it up in a story. If you were to give somebody that wanted a like one tip to be able to grow their presence on Instagram, what would you say to do? Mm. Copy you? Fuck no, man. Oh, it's cringy. It's like, it's, it's, it's not You've good. You've seen it, right? Yeah, because it's not good on them because their friends are messaging me going, look at this cunt. I'm like, that's your <laughs> mate. <laughs> I know, but it's, no, it's, um, it's pretty bad, but they're trying to be someone they're not. That would probably be my advice. Be yourself. Yeah. And again, being yourself may not get you as many followers as the next person, but at the end of the day, I did a talk for PTs recently and I said, how many of you have got over 5,000 followers? A few hands went up. I said, if 1% of your following do business with you, you're going to have to employ someone. And yeah. suddenly it was like, oh, if you're a boring, dull, fucking personal trainer who is- What do you call them? Bullbag Barry or something? Six Pack Pete. Six <laughs> Even if you're the most boring of bullbags, you can still do incredibly well because yeah. they're the people I study under. You know, there's still people out there that do well. Yeah, yeah. Everyone seems to think you have to have all the flashy followers and the blue tick. Uh, do you know Paul Mort? Paul Mort? Yeah, he's no. like an email marketing guy. He used to, he's the guy that taught me. He turned over a million pounds with 9,000 followers. Mad. And he fucking hates social media. He's not got a blue tick. No one yeah. knows who the fuck he is. And he was one of my mentors. He doesn't care, does he? He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And if you were to say, I've got a blue tick, he'd be like, let's see your email list conversion. He, he showed me emails he's made 25 grand from one email. And suddenly people need to realize that, you know, be yourself, be good at business, be, you know, have a, don't, don't try and be something. Don't try and be popular. Don't try and be famous. Don't try and be the fucking guy. Me just being a bit of a knob did well for me, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. And a lot of people may forget that in a lot of social media content, I stab them with the knife, then I give them a solution. Yeah. A lot of people are now like, you're fat. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They don't close the loop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like when you try and give, the loop. when you try to give a girl a bit of banter, like, "Oh, you're not going out wearing that." And then you're like, "No, I'm only joking. I'm only joking." Yeah. But yeah, mate, interesting. Um, okay, so we're going to branch a little bit away from that, and we're going to do a little game. Do you know, you know, Room One Hundred One. Kind of. So Room One Hundred One, where yeah. you, you think of three things that if you could put in Room One Hundred One, pull the thing and it goes away forever. So what is your uh, what are your your three things that you would stick in life Room One Hundred One? Three things. What, what, so what, what absolute, three things. Absolutely anything I'd get rid of. Uh, bear in mind, I'm doing life, life 101 and then fitness room 101. So um, we're going to do, so what are the like three things, if you could just, dis- three things that really piss you off that you could just trap door out of here? AirPods. AirPods? I can't stand the way people look in them. I can't stand it. 
and I, I had a pair I lost them and I never replaced them because you know uh, there's something about Mary she's got a bit of spunk yeah, do, yeah. reminds me of that and then people not only that they keep them in when they're not on so you're yeah, like hi that, and they're talking weird. to you you're like you, you got something on they're like no like, we'll take them out your fucking ears then you know on ear headphones you wouldn't keep them on you'd be like what <laughs> you know like airpods Earmuffs. I get where we're going with that yeah. you know even the, the beats ones you know you can pull them off wear them around your neck yeah 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 airpods they kill me okay airpods what else um uh road bikes used for recreational use if you're going a to b on a road bike that's fine but if you're being mr tour de fucking france what are you doing are you trying to impress mate go to a velodrome or something yeah if you want to get a sweat on stop clogging up the country roads in the city it's fine because you're not going anywhere anyway right Berkshire, where i'm from it's just an accident waiting to happen, you know? And they're just going around doing laps. I see them go twice. I'm like, maybe we should build some roads for cyclists so they can do that, so they can stay off the roads. It's called cycle paths, aren't they? If we don't have them in Berkshire. Oh, yeah. fucking Berkshire. All right. we, need to get, we need to get Boris Johnson on the case, get him mayor of Berkshire. He's the, next one, cycle. He's the next one going in. And uh, <laughs> the next one I put in is uh, Brexit chat. Oh, my God. Like, do, do you even get that in Sydney? Do you, uh, do, is, is it, you've been in Sydney for, what, six months? Uh, yeah, and they're still wafting. Are they still? Over. Are they still laughing at us? Uh, I think the whole world's actually laughing at us. If I'm honest, yeah. like um, my when I first went to Australia, my dad was like, "Make sure you come back, see your mum. She misses you." Yeah. This time, my dad's like, "Don't even bother." He's like, "Stay there, son." He was like, "Shit here." Yeah. Everyone's just talking about fucking Brexit. So anyone that talks about Brexit should be shoved down a hole, including um, the politicians, I was gonna <laughs> especially them. I was going to say, uh, and who's your who's your tip for the, uh, the the Tory leadership? Do you know what? Fuck a lot of them. Yeah, I, there's not what. And the thing is, they're the most. It's like we've got the most unrelatable people in the fucking world for the nation. It's exactly it, right? Put it's them all in one place. Yeah. Like, oh, tell me more about you know your red brick university and your private schools, and you know, tell me more about how you're going to run the country. And these people, again, if I one day wouldn't it be good where you see people that run a political party or run your country and go, I'd love to have a beer with him. Yeah, that's probably the problem we've got. None of them are good on the piss. Well, this is it. You look at you look at um, Trump, you look at Macron, you look at even Nigel Farage, and it's just you look at them and they're like, do you know what? You're not vanilla, and you you you, you you're very offensive with what you say, but at least we know that's what you think and that's what yeah. you feel. And I think that's what people yeah. respond to. They they're like questions answered, yes, no, whether you like the answer or not. You ask them a question, they're going to give you an answer. I feel like, uh, yeah, just the country prioritizes all, all the wrong things. Do you think? Do you think that's why you, why you're quite popular? People ask you a question and you get a yes, no. Yeah, and do you know what? Uh, bad news is better than no news, and I've said this all the time. And again, people are like, "Oh, what do you think about this?" And oh, it's fucking shit, isn't it? They're like, "Oh, you know, that hurts my feelings or whatever it is." I'm yeah. like, I don't care. And also, <laughs> before I got into the fitness industry, I had enough friends. Yeah, yeah. I've got five best mates. They're not going anywhere. People are like, oh, we think you're a bit of a cunt. I'm like, don't worry, I've got five mates. They're still there. I'm, yeah. I'm right. I don't need you lot to, to like me. <laughs> okay, so we've done Life Room 101, Fitness Room 101. You've probably got some scope on this. Like if you could bin off three things. Uh, Low-carb zealots. So just all associations, not causation. My, I wish I didn't have to repeat that so much. Yeah. So, you know, oh, but low carb works for me, but that's not fucking evidence, you know? And there are so many people with biases that, you know, really using their influence for the wrong reason. So 
that number one low carb zealots yeah docutards which i made up the other day which is people that think watching a documentary is adequate research you know i've been doing my research i've watched the sugar film i've watched what the health yeah. you're like mate that's a fucking documentary it's like watching lord of the rings it's, it's propaganda yeah yeah who, who paid for it yeah yeah uh you know i'm not going to new york so i watch power you know like no it's that's not real <laughs> mate it's fucking it's there for entertainment so you've got docutards low carb zealots and brrr, what, what about influencers who pedal shit yeah so, but i'm thinking we're starting to see a little bit of a decline in that like or at least how seriously they're being taken yes. uh but yeah the, the biggest pressing issue i have and i said this at body power this got me a bit of trouble i was like having a million followers and looking good with your top off doesn't always pay well the reason i say that is because these guys over here are selling protein on a protein stall and they've got to ask for permission to go for a piss and everyone was like oh shit and the supplement companies actually started turning their music up Darren had to go over and be like, shut your fucking music off now. And I was like... You're sending, you're sending the pit bull. Yeah, yeah. The Turkish I'm surrounded one. by sending big the guys. Turkish one. Someone who's just doubled up their trend for this morning. I'm like, oh <laughs> shit. Um, and we need to see past that, you know, it doesn't always pay well to look good topless. And because of this, people have these large followings, but they're, they're fucking skin. And no matter how many times they wear a pair of Gucci slides, I still see on their story that they're flying economy, you know? Like, yeah. you're not getting past anyone. And you can't buy steak with likes. You can't sit on the fucking nice part of the plane with likes. So for that reason, they end up peddling this bullshit. And, you know, I, I wish there was more transparency in the industry, not only from that. Um, but yeah, and probably influence as well that have built where they're at with steroids or cheating. Yeah. If you're going to do it, just tell people. And if we could have a more transparent fitness place. What do you mean by cheating? So let's say we've got these natty athletes yeah, yeah. who then not endorsing things that are harm, like harmless or not even someone that's pushing BCAs and is on steroids. Yeah. In essence, you're not just wasting someone's time. You're wasting their money. You're peddling something with poor efficacy. So, you know, branched chain amino acids, you could put in the same fucking spot as Boombod under the right circumstances. Yeah. Glucomanan, 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 the main ingredient of Boombod. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> and branched chain amino acids both have no efficacy really on the majority of populations yeah. you could maybe argue that for vegans or vegetarians for the branched amino acids you could then argue for the person that treats boombot as a placebo or the one thing that kickstarts their thing we might see acute benefits to it but don't do it on false pretense don't you know take anabolic steroids just say yeah i'm a recreational athlete that yeah. takes this and if we could have full transparency i think that would play into alleviating a lot of frustration of gym, gym goers do you think because a yeah. lot, imagine, I've said this as well, like, imagine I'm a car enthusiast and all I want in the world is a Ferrari and I'm getting nowhere closer to driving a Ferrari so I just give up on cars. I'm like, I'm going to get a fucking road bike, you know? Or alternatively, if we could have a bit more transparency and go, oh, that guy with the Ferrari actually inherited it from his dad's trust fund. Yeah. If he didn't, he'd only be driving a GTI. Yeah. So suddenly I go, do you know what? I'm going to set my sights on GTI. I could have one in a few years that there you go, analogy <laughs> that in itself is what i see as the problem and i can't help but think that because, because people are setting their sights so high a lot of guys say to me oh, how can i build my traps and i'll say to them straight away whose traps are you looking at first thing i say whose traps yeah. are you looking at this guy goldberg yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or bane or someone yeah, and i'm yeah. like come on mate bronson and uh, yeah right. a yeah. comparison's a thief of joy and yeah it, it, that kills me on the influence thing and the reason i get triggered by it is because that was once me Buying the BCAs. Do you, do you know where BCAs come from? I actually don't. Do you want me to drop a little knowledge bomb for yeah, you? Yeah, let's go. 
primarily bird feathers. Shut up. I've just blown your mind. Do you know what? I actually use a lot of BCA, but do you know why? Because I drink the bottle you're drinking. I'll drink three of those, maybe four of those a day. And I put a scoop of BCA in there because it tastes better than uh, Ibena. See that in itself. And uh, there's calories in it as well. Sorry? You're, pre you're preserving your gains through drinking calories. Yeah. Four and calories it, 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 get, it gets my It gets my hydration right up. I love the taste of it. And the one I take has got a couple of like immune boosting things in it. Okay. Um, Sorry, you don't have to justify. You know, hey, I love, <laughs> mate, I love B B BCAs. And uh, one of them's got caffeine in it. And that's probably one of the only supplements that I actually take every single day. And I, I love it. I can't stand the demonization of caffeine either. Caffeine's it, great. It makes the world go around. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd probably have a shorter life expectancy through someone killing me if I wasn't to have caffeine because I'd be so annoying. But there's also a lot of research out there. I know, I know research can, and we were talking about research earlier, that um, I watched a documentary on caffeine. <laughs> Doggy talk. <laughs> um, there's a lot of research, and, and you can find research to back up whatever argument you want, that X amount of caffeine, if timed properly, is probably the biggest increaser of performance, both mentally and physically, that you can have if you do it properly. Athletes under the right doses perceive weights as being lighter. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's excellent. Mental acuity, focus, everything. I've, I got a little, shouldn't even say it. So have you heard of uh, modafinil? Modafinil? Yeah, it's is like a flower? concentration drug. No. Um, so it's like a nootropic. Okay. Tim Ferriss left it out of his books. He didn't want people to abuse it. So steal it all. My business partner, the IT guy, he is a machine when he takes it. And we go around sometimes and take it and just brainstorm. I'm like limitless. Is it, I was going to say, is it like Bradley Cooper and limitless? I'm literally there and I'm coming up with all these ideas. And there's, again, uh, Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss spoke about it. There's a YouTube video on it. Um, it's great. There's nothing saying it's bad, but I can't fathom. So I don't use it often because yeah. I can't fathom that something that good cannot have a potential detrimental effect. With caffeine, I know that it has to be stopped at a certain part in the day. Yeah. I know that I've taken it for years and I'm fine. But now we're going to start to see, I think, a lot of nootropics coming onto the market. People starting to now, you know, why be just fit in the gym when you could be fit at the office and read for yeah. eight hours? But, um, yeah. Interesting. What's the name again? Modafinil. Modafinil. Get it from India. Send you Dark web. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're getting to the sort of end of the the podcast. My kind of final question is what what is the the life plan or the, the next steps for james smith um because it's been a hell of a ride so far right it's been pretty crazy yeah um it sounds really bad like everyone's like oh what's your one five-year plan or whatever i genuinely just enjoy what i do on a day-to-day -day basis so i'm just gonna look to preserve my life that i have yeah so like i'm gonna write a book so on. um so imagine fitness and weight loss being a house yeah I don't think people are laying the foundations right. And I want to audit people's lives before they even start anything. I think a book was the really long script where I want to challenge people's relationships they're in. I want to challenge their work they're in. So today's podcast I recorded is really getting people to delve into whether or not they like their work. Yeah. Spend a third of your life working. You might as well enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, I think that we're not, you know, when I meet someone, I'm like, oh, you, you fucking hate your partner and you hate your job you're spending almost every single hour of your life unhappy. When you're not sleeping, yeah. Yeah, is this potentially the reason why you overeat? And to be fair, if we're gonna limit someone's calories, calorie fucking deficit, what if eating is the only thing that makes them happy in their life? What are we gonna do? Just, oh, let's just release that calorie deficit, mate. So I wanna go a bit deeper than that. I then want to debunk all of the myths that I talk about on socials in a longer text. Ketogenic diet, here are the facts. Yeah. Here is uh, a contributor like Martin McDonald. 
this is you know and then i'd be like martin get us 10 studies mate you know what i mean like um and Mate, Tim Ferriss for our working week outsource yeah, and bring people bring people in that I've got as kind of contributors so that it can become like a bible where people instead of going oh watch this guy's funny they go oh you should actually read his book yeah. because it gave me the confidence behind what's a fad what isn't how the diet industry is working and forming us but more importantly than that and if you listen to the podcast where I talk about the sunk cost fallacy the what sorry sunk cost fallacy yeah. where people make irrational decisions based on how much time they've invested into something already yes I like a bad relationship people. right yeah yeah and um it sounds bad but i hope this book breaks up a lot of shit relationships and gets people to leave a lot of jobs that they hate because if you thought the fucking giving up smoking on the first day of the year was good how about if i get to quit your job and leave your partner and let's start your deficit let's start your gym training regime you're gonna have so much time when you're arguing with your fucking partner you're gonna have so much more time. So much even, positivity. Yeah, even yeah. though you might take a thirty percent pay cut, you might be now going to a profession you enjoy. You come home, you're energized to train because you don't fucking hate your life. <laughs> so that's the idea of the book. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna do that, and then we just keep doing everything else, really. So obviously, you make the majority of your living through the James Smith Academy. Talk to us a little bit about that because I know it's something that it's it's massive, right? Yeah, we um, at the moment we've got about six thousand active members. Wow! So, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so when I was doing the online PT thing for the WhatsApp for desktop, I yeah. was doing the same processes over and over again. Uh, go to the fix your macros, work out the calories, work out this. Then I'd send them his video on a single leg hip thrust, his video on a rear elevated split squat, here's your training program, and I realized that a lot of these processes didn't need me to manually do them, but I didn't want to outsource them to someone in the Philippines. So yeah. I was like, I said to my business partner I met three years ago, I was like, can we record all the gym exercises? They can go watch them. And I'm gonna make a, a block on calories. What is a macro? What is flexible dieting? Fats, carbs, whatever. And now this is a, an app with 400 modules on diet psychology, insulin, glucagon, ghrelin. And, that, is it, and is it all written by you or is it, as you said, like contributors, is it? Uh, it's all me. Cool. Um, and uh, me and Darren, or Darren and I in a lot of gym situations, having some fun. Some of the workout ones, uh, other people would be in someone else's gym, we yeah. have a bit of fun with them. Um, and in essence, I was like, why not create a platform for people to learn in their own pace for a fraction of the price? Yeah. So that's what the academy is. It's a place for them to go learn. They can get programs um, bespokely made or they can uh, write them. So if they go, I'm Dave, I've got three years training experience. I train three times a week and I want to build muscle in the gym. Yeah. I will pre-write, I do pre two programs a day so that when they put in their input, it churns them out some I've already written. Yeah. Because that's pretty much it. The yeah. big secret to personal training is there's about 100 programs for everyone in the world. Correct. And if someone hasn't got a leg press, do this instead. Yeah. Um, and now we've got syncs with people's Fitbits, uh, their heart uh, app, so the app can notify them if they don't move enough. Um, we do challenges. And you can send them like an electric shock fire or something. Like not that. yet technology's there <laughs> but um so it's, it's like a one-stop shop but a lot of people think they need someone in the gym and if they do that's completely fine but there are a lot of people that don't trust the trainers in their gym they live in a town in the middle of nowhere where they feel lost and they don't trust anyone and there's a gobby little shit on instagram who they quite like yeah. he's got good analogies that they understand yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of a place for them to go and it's great that no matter how much popularity can occur over the next few years there's always an infrastructure to support anyone that needs yes. it in the background um so yeah that's that's pretty much what it is and that's all i make for a living the events i do um <clears throat> we don't take any money out of it because we run events in like nice locations and we do talks and 
if you were to look up the venue in which we do the talk and then divide it by the ticket prices, you'd realize that- You're on a loss. Yeah, we're doing it in cool places and then I'll go do a talk in a gym and it'll cover it. But yeah. the events thing's more about going out and meeting people. Every town I go into has got academy members in it. It's yeah. mental. And um, yeah, people come up to me in the street, hug me, they're like, I'm in your academy. And I'm like, oh, fuck, it's awesome, mad. Yeah, it's, it's cool. And um, It's like Body Power circa three years ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, it's nice to know that there are a lot of people that have done very well in fitness, but they've actually just done themselves well and they've not left the industry in a better place should yeah. their time come to an end. Uh, I just want to make sure I'm not one of those people, if I'm honest. Like, I'd like to, when I hang my boots up, which we all will do eventually, yeah. um, I want them to go, oh yeah, that's the guy that taught everyone how to lose fat. And then rather than being like, oh, he made fucking loads of money. What did he do? Yeah. You know, why is he releasing a new cookbook? <laughs> and you know what? I think that is actually closing the loop, going full circle. Like we had a slightly awkward introduction to my wife's dad. <laughs> but left it with the guy that wants to leave the industry a little bit better than he found it. Um, for people listening that maybe don't follow you already, I doubt there are very many of those, but where can they find Bonkers. you? Um, James Smith PT. On Instagram? Yeah, cheers mum and dad for giving me the most common name ever. So on all socials, it's just James Smith PT. Okay. I used to rip people for putting PT in their name. Yeah. You know, on Facebook where yeah. it's like, Paul Evans PT, I'm like, shut up mate. You know, no one cares. Now that's me. Yeah. So yeah. And if they wanted to find out a little bit more information about the James Smith Academy, where would they go for that? JamesSmithAcademy.com. Okay. Cheers. Mate, you've been an absolute superstar. Thank you. Um, I'm going to let my son listen to this because whenever you pop up on Instagram, he's like, is that James Smith? He says naughty words. Yesterday he said, James Smith said, fuck. I'm like, for God's sake. I'm sorry about that. Just say sorry, Cubby. Sorry, Cubby. Um, but for all of you guys that are listening, I just want to say a massive thank you to James for squeezing us into his crazy schedule whilst he's here in London. For any of you guys that have enjoyed the last sort of hour of listening, it's been really insightful. Please leave us a, a little rating, a little review. As I said previously, all these ratings and all these reviews help more people kind of hear this content so we can keep producing it the way we are. Big thank you to producer Ollie. Thank you to Runway East for hosting us today. And again, a massive thank you to James Smith PT. Until the next episode of the Dad Podcast, thank you very much and see you later.